Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 278 of our Tick Boot Camp podcast. The title of today's interview is Cellular Wellness, an interview with Dr. Bill Rawls, MD. My name is Matt Sabatello. My name is Richard Johannesson. You're about to get a deeper understanding of chronic Lyme disease at a cellular level in a way we've never before talked about on the Tick Bootcamp podcast. This podcast is a recording of an Instagram Live done with Rich and I in May during Lyme Awareness Month. Dr. Roll shares specific information that is absolutely imperative to understand in order to heal from chronic Lyme disease. We go into great detail on a wide variety of subjects discussed in Dr. Rolls's new book, The Cellular Wellness Solution, Tap Into Your Full Health Potential with the Science-Backed Power of Herbs. Dr. Rolls sent us a pre-release of this book, and we know that this book is going to help you in your healing journey from chronic Lyme disease. There's so much powerful content, actionable information, and it provides a clear understanding of exactly what we need to do to overcome all of the obstacles that we're facing with our health. So without further ado, we're really excited to introduce Dr. Bill Rawls in Cellular Wellness. Hello, Dr. Rawls, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure always. All I need is an invitation. You guys are always a lot of fun. Well, we, we really appreciate you uh, joining us, Dr. Rawls, as always. And, uh, and we did want to uh, quickly introduce you to our folks who uh, may not know who you are. And I, I can't imagine there's anyone in the Lyme disease community who doesn't know who you are. But uh, we, did, we did want to share uh, a, a, cool, uh, a couple of cool little anecdotes. The first is, uh, is that how you became the mentor to take boot camp. Uh, and it's in part because um, when we were going on our research journey, your book was our very favorite book. Um, I had read uh, Unlocking Lyme or listened to Unlocking Lyme as a, an audio book from cover to cover five times before we started. Wow. And um, when we had uh, 200 followers and no one wanted to join us, uh, you were actually kind enough to be our 13th guest. And, um, <laughs> and that's back when we really sucked. And uh, <laughs> give us some early credibility. And, and one of the things we want to thank you for now, Dr. Rawls, is on the uh, Lyme Hackathon this year, in the first 19 days, we've had 250,000 views of our wow. Lyme Hackathon, which is five times the number of views we had in the entirety of the Lyme Hackathon. Wow. Well, that's great. Uh, and uh, well, you, you guys have made a huge impact. And, um, you know, even back then, it was just a lot of fun. Uh, and it, it's... Um, but we keep moving forward and keep uh, trying, trying to change the way people are looking at this thing. Well, we do. Well, there's another thing we do want to share with our community uh, today, and that is that in, 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 on many occasions, people have accused Matt and I of being on your payroll. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we want to clarify is that uh, we are not on your payroll. You're on our payroll. <laughs> uh, Matt and I are... Matt and I are, uh, are people who regularly use your, uh, your herb, um, use the, um, use the um, you know, various herbs of yours. I actually had three deliveries in the last three days. My wife wanted to know why. <laughs> uh, and I told her, I don't know why, I don't know why they're delivering them in piecemeal, but I got three different presents today. But it is actually yeah. uh, you who are on our payroll as a, rather than as well. a 
Well, it, it's always a pleasure. But uh, yeah, it's supply chain issues. I mean, we're getting hit like everybody else. Um, just getting the high quality extracts and that sort of thing has been a challenge. So, you know, sometimes we're short on things and we try to get things to people as quickly as we can. But uh, we, we've got a guy named Ryan who um, started as an intern with us out of NC State University down here years ago, and he was just interested in supply chain management, didn't know anything about herbs. And um, he worked with us as an intern and then just gradually learned the ropes, and I taught him everything, and I knew about herbs, and he learned about the industry, and now he's just a powerhouse. And really keeps us on track in these really, really trying times. And a lot of people are just not able to get things. And he was able to foresee and keep us stocked up about as well as was possible um, considering the, the current climate. But, you know, hopefully in the next year, we'll be gradually moving through and moving out of that. Well, thank you to you and your team for uh, keeping us well supplied in all of our uh, herbals and uh, in all of our basic health needs. So Dr. Rose, what we want to do is a couple of things. First thing we'd like to do is just have you uh, quickly introduce uh, yourself to the community. And uh, in your new book, you actually gave um, a very interesting um, outline of your uh, life as a fourth generation medical doctor. Uh, not only you were a doctor, your dad was a doctor, your grandfather was a doctor, and your great grandfather was a doctor. And uh, we think that's a, a really cool sort of introduction, not only into your book, but to you. Um, and then after that, what we're going to do is Matt's going to talk to you a little bit about your new book, because uh, you were kind enough to send Matt uh, a copy, an advanced copy of the book. Uh, and then what we're going to do is we're going to then uh, round out the hour we're going to ask you to spend with us with some questions from the community. We had put up um, a poll and many folks in the community have asked questions. So we're going to end up end uh, the podcast with, or, or I should say this Instagram live, which will also be a podcast uh, with some questions for the community. So Dr. Vodden, talk to us about um, your, your life as a fourth generation doctor and talk to us about how uh, it has been um, contextual for you to be a fourth generation doctor and what, what that has taught you and, uh, and, and inspired you to, uh, to do for the uh, Latin disease community? Um, well, you know, it, it is just, uh, I guess, that idea of service, you know, ran in my family, and it's something that I picked up early on. I didn't know my great-grandfather, of course. He was long gone when I came along, but I knew my grandfather well. And I was the oldest grandchild um, and got to go on house calls with him um, and and just, you know, wander around town in this small town that he was practicing um, back in, in a different time and really saw, you know, that, that side of medicine very differently. Um, by then, he was using predominantly drug therapy. He wasn't, you know, an old-timey doctor that used predominantly herbs. Um, possibly my great-grandfather did. I don't know. Um, but by the time my grandfather was in going through his training and medical medical practice, you know, everything, the pharmaceutical companies had really taken hold on things. And um, But he 
you know, I think his biggest therapy was just compassion. He just had compassion for everybody that he saw and he never turned anybody down. And, you know, he went and actually went to houses and delivered babies and went on house calls and he was the true general practitioner. Um, it's not practical to do that now because, you know, medicine in itself is so much more complicated than it than it was at that time. But it was interesting just to be exposed to that and it just be part, you know, he talked about encounters with patients and this, that and the other. And I saw all these different things and, and that made a huge impression on me and, you know, what I wanted to do with my life. Um, my father um, went into obstetrics and gynecology. I wasn't quite as close to my father as I was my grandfather just because he was always so busy. And by then I was having other interests in my life, um, but was close to him at different times. And I went into OBGYN for some of the same reasons that he did. You know, it was just really cool uh, bringing new life into the world. And OBGYN didn't deal with chronic illness as much. Um, you know, it's, it's something looking at it when I was going through medical school, you know, chronic illness just looked really frustrating that, you know, you just uh, constantly tweak people's medications and they never get well. Um, I wanted to do something that I could actually make people well. And OBGYN had that nice balance. Um, oddly enough, uh, chronic Lyme disease threw me right back into uh, having to look at chronic illness and how, how do I help people and, and just came to the conclusion that how we do that in the conventional medical world is not satisfactory and that we really should be asking a lot more and that drugs have when it comes to chronic illness drugs have a lot of limitations you know they can block symptoms and and block processes of illness which is really important but they don't heal and they don't promote wellness you know that has to come in from inside the body and that's where herbs are different than drugs and that's really what this whole book is about and by the way, I'll get you guys some more copies. That was a, uh, we did just a few Kinko's copies that were like, it was like 50 bucks just to get that thing printed. But we'll have some more copies and I'll get you guys some in the mail in just a few weeks. Um, and it will it will be out there as quickly as we can get it. So Dr. Okay. Matt, Matt and I both use uh, the Restore Kit and a number of other um, protocols that you've created. So can you talk about uh, the Restore Kit as sort of a foundational, the center of the wagon wheel, and some of the other tools that you've developed and how that has now uh, inspired the book that Matt's now going to talk with you about? Yeah. Well, you know, when, when we look at this concept of the book, the book is called The Cellular Wellness Solution. So when you look at wellness, Wellness is always uh, deep into the cells. You know, it's, it's a function of cells. Um, if your cells are healthy, you're going to be healthy. If you have some symptoms, it's because your cells are stressed. And what chronic illness is of any kind is when cells are chronically stressed. And there are a lot of different ways that different cells can be stressed in the body. So we have a lot of different illnesses, but typically 
chronic illnesses affect all cells in the body, so you have a lot of overlap in symptoms. I mean, you look at the symptoms of chronic Lyme, and it overlaps fibromyalgia, Parkinson's, MS, autoimmune illnesses, a lot of things. And it's because cells in the body are being similarly stressed. Um, we define chronic Lyme disease as being uh, uh, caused by uh, this interaction with these microbes that we pick up from ticks. But what I recognized is that, yeah, there are a lot of different microbes that we pick up, a lot of different kinds of things in our lifetime. And you start looking at those things and connecting them with chronic illnesses there's a lot of research making very well-defined connections to how the to the microbe factor and how it plays a role in chronic illness. So when you look at solutions for that, you know, when you look at drugs, they can block processes that, you know, you you know, if you've got an aberrant pathway that's caused a symptom. Well, you can use some drug to block that and often block the, the, the body's recognition of that, which does help a little bit. But until you start uh, readdressing what's causing the cellular stress, you're just not going to get well. And that's a problem with not only chronic Lyme disease, but so many other chronic illnesses. So I've learned that these bacteria and other microbes that are associated are very resistant to antibiotics, and long-term use of antibiotics destroys the gut flora. So it just turns out to be a really bad option for a lot of people. Um, herbs, the really fascinating thing that went into to this book is all the research that's been done worldwide looking at how herbs actually provide benefit. And I couldn't have written this book 10 years ago. Um, the research just wasn't there. But now, yeah, wow, uh, the, you know, not only the antimicrobial properties of herbs, but also the, the herbs, the phytochemistry of the herbs, what you're getting is basically a defense system of the plant. And it counteracts every known cellular stress factor. So not only is it suppressing the microbes, it is affecting cellular health at every level. So, of course, you know, you want to change your diet, have a clean environment, get the right amount of exercise, sleep, etc. But there is nothing that can promote cellular health and cellular recovery, which is what healing is all about, than herbs. And when I say herbs, I say that very generally because all herbs have some of these same properties. Now, you know, but every plant is a little bit different. So what you get from the chemistry of the plant, the plant is using chemistry to solve problems. So when we take an herb, we are taking that solution and using it to, for, for us to help solve problems. And generally what that is is protecting cells from microbes, from free radicals, from toxic substances, from physical stresses. So the plant is producing all these things. And, of course, in some environments, some plants are going to have stronger antimicrobial properties than others or maybe some more protective of physical stresses. So when you combine different herbs, then you get really wonderful response. So the Restore Kit was a reflection of what I ended up using in my recovery. 
And much of that came from a guy named Stephen Booner, who wrote a book called Healing Line um, in 2005, which was about the time that I was struggling with this, read the book, and it was like, wow. Um, so that that served as kind of a foundation to build on. But I learned about other herbs and other things to add in along the way and really developed it out over just keeping continuing to tweak it for myself. But at the same time, you know, I had my medical practice at that time. Um, so I was seeing more fibromyalgia, Lyme patients, that sort of thing. So I was basically, um, you know, using it in my practice at the same time, I was recovering my own health. So, you know, I got a lot of feedback from patients. And uh, so I built this out to look at, well, what are the herbal components? What are the best herbs? Are the ones that we know the most about? What other support ingredients like glutathione and NAC or the activated B vitamins? You know, what are the things that, that most people are going to need to get through this this recovery process. And it's like, how can we cram as much of that into a package as we can? And what it boils down to is everybody wants a single supplement with two capsules for $30 that they can take to get well. But And there are those products out there, but they just don't have the power, the, the potency of the extract of the herbs and everything else. Um, but it was kind of like, okay, you know, I used varying doses and I used different doses with patients. And so we were, so we were kind of shooting from the hip of what were the right doses to give a, a significant population that was highly variable, shooting for the idea that wow, if we can help at least, you know, at least 50% of people that do this thing get benefit, then we will have done some good. This will be significant. And that's good for any kind of medical therapy. If you can get 50%, that's great. So we now there have been 11,000 people that have used it. Um, and over the years, we have kept track of progress. Um, so Part of the kit is this uh, a package that is conducted through emails and other information that I, I, I looked at it like, what kind of information would people want to ask me if I was doing repetitive consults over a six-month period? Um, so I wrote emails that people get for a prolonged period of time that to anticipates questions that they might have and gives them timely answers. So like up front, there's a lot of information just about the supplements, um, how to take them, what to expect as far as reactions, Hertzheimer's, how to progress it. So there's a lot of information up front um, that anticipates those kinds of questions. Um, but then on, it's, it's more refining, you know, individualizing the whole thing. Um, so as part of that, every uh, every two months, people get a survey just to, to define their progress, to see how they're doing um, for that six-month period. And, of course, not everybody does the survey. I would have loved it if we had, but we, you know, we did everything we could to encourage as many people to 
to get the survey back to us as possible. So, um, so it is skewed by, by the fact that not everybody filled out the survey, but a high percentage of people did. And of the people that filled out the surveys and kept up with things, 70% of people at the 40 at the four month mark experienced significant reduction in symptoms. That's pretty darn good. And it got even better if you track it out past six months, which we've done with some limited surveys. So it keeps the, 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 the benefits keep accruing. And so it's a foundation. Um, you know, if somebody wants to do a rife machine or antibiotics, which I don't normally recommend, or other kinds of therapies along with it, it's fine. But this just gets a nice foundation in, a, in an easy package that just uh, helps people get a leg up on their recovery and, and uh, move forward a little bit faster. Dr. Rowe, I just want to everybody listening that I was, I've been sick. I got sick with Lyme disease almost eight years ago. And my health, I've tried so many different things. And it wasn't until I started the Restore Kit that I saw the greatest improvement in my health. And it's been in the short period of time, the last, I don't know, six months or so that I've been on it, that I felt the best I ever have and have a glimmer of, of full health back at some point. So I have the Restore Kit in front of me. I take it every single day. And I just want to share with everybody. Awesome. Everybody should try. And it's very low risk. It's pretty affordable. And it's something that I think everybody should give a shot if they're suffering from chronic Lyme disease. Now, I do want to pivot over to your book because, you know, we are avid followers and lovers of your, of your first Unlocking Lyme. Your next book, The Cellular Wellness Solution, right, is, is off the hook. And I've already started reading it and implementing things I've learned from it in my day-to-day -day life. And I have a friend awesome. who work on who sees that I've been implementing these changes. And it's so much more than just the herbal therapy that you're teaching through your webinars, through your book. And, you know, an interesting stat you gave in the book is by 2020, the CDC said 50% of this country will be suffering from a chronic illness. And that really surprised me that the CDC came out and made a statistic like that. So I think it's important to highlight that beyond chronic Lyme disease, which really is so much more than just the Borrelia burgdorferi bacteria, this can be a helpful herbal protocol, the Restore Kit, for a wide variety of chronic illnesses, whether it's fibro, whether it's CFS, whether it's you know, an unknown chronic illness, this is a cellular level protocol that could help so many people, which really brings me into some questions based on your book now that I have and I want to share with people is you talk about Dr. Rolls, the inflammatory response versus chronic inflammation, right? And the best way I think we can describe that is if somebody breaks their ankle, they have an inflammatory response, meaning the immune system activates white blood cells, these macrophages, they come in, they eat up the debris of dead cells or damaged cells, they release free radicals, and they pull everything away, clean up your cellular space, and you move on and heal. But chronic inflammation, on the other hand, is when you have such an overwhelming amount of inflammation or cellular stress, as you note in your book, that your immune system can't keep up. And therefore, it, your body becomes sluggish, and you have this toxic soup of cells going on in your body. So can you explain, Dr. Rawls, how at the cellular level, this chronic inflammation is at the root cause of all chronic illness? And if we can address this using herbs like the Restore Kit, we can regain health from not only chronic Lyme, but many other illnesses that are out there that many people are suffering from. Again, 50% of the American population as of 2020, according to the CDC. Yeah, I've even seen figures as high as 60%. It's, it's really high. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and I, I'm sure there's a de different degrees of se severity with illnesses, but just the fact that more than 50% of the population 
is receiving medical therapy for an ongoing chronic illness, that's kind of nuts. And, you know, and the interesting thing is when I was uh, back in 2008, around the time I was in my struggle, it was 40% according to the CDC. So it's actually going up steadily. And what that says is our approach for any kind of chronic illness in this country is highly dysfunctional. You know, medical care is getting expensive, and in the process, people are getting sicker. And it is because we are just ignoring some very basic fundamental facts. And the fact is that your body is made of cells. Everything that happens in your body, whether it's your heart beating, intestines churning, muscles contracting, or brain impulses firing, it's all done by cells. Absolutely everything is done by cells. And what illness is, what a symptom is, no matter what, what symptom you have, what a symptom is, is when cells become stressed or injured. So it's like if you, if you step wrong and twist your ankle, you've damaged cells in, in, in your ankle joint. And so the, uh, the, the cells that are injured send out uh, chemicals that activate nerves that tell our brain that something's wrong. We feel pain. Um, but you also lose that function. You know, if you injure or stress cells, they don't work. They can't do their job. You depend on them. And if they're stressed, they can't do that. So, you know, we can't walk on our ankle as well. But if you put a brace on it and use crutches, over weeks it's going to heal. We, we say that word healing all the time, and we, it's pretty nebulous. You know, we know conceptually what it is, but very specifically what it is is the ability of cells in the body to recover from stress and regenerate new cells that have been damaged or missing. That's what healing is. So the anchor will heal itself. The cells will repair and generate new cells, and the tissue will mend because of that. So what chronic illness is, is when stresses are ongoing and cells never have an opportunity to heal. So no matter what your symptom, you know, brain fog, well, that's cells in the brain and cells in the neurological system, irregular heartbeat, that's cells in the heart. So any symptom that you're having is a reflection of cells, cellular dysfunction in your body. And if those symptoms are chronic, it means whatever stresses are causing those symptoms are ongoing. Now, everybody would know that, yes, microbes are part of the stress, but it's not just the microbes. Typically, you know, when I talk to people, there are other ongoing stresses. Like I had the stress of a really stressful life and not sleeping. Cells need downtime to regenerate, to recover. So we need that eight hours of sleep to give our cells a break. They've been working all day. They need a break just like we do. And so that what sleep is, a big part of sleep is cellular regeneration. And if you're not getting it, that's bad news. For me, it was critical. So it wasn't the microbes as much as all of these other stresses. So any chronic illness, you can relate back to stress factors. Uh, what somebody's eating, you know, if they're eating a bad diet, if they're eating carbohydrate-loaded food, that's a stress on cells. Our cells aren't designed for that. All the toxic substances that we're exposed to in the environment now, in the air and the water, 
um, they're they're there and they're low grade and it's kind of like just something small in the background that doesn't necessarily hurt you um, or cause illness directly, but who knows of what it's setting up. You know, it's causing that low-grade cellular weakness. And then some other things, like if you ended up in a, in a house full of mold, you know, that's a big stress on your cells. And uh, chronic um, mental stress, uh, physical stress. I talk to a lot of people whose illness is initiated by some kind of physical trauma. Um, so the microbes are often already there. They're just waiting. They're opportunists. And when your body gets stressed, when your cells are stressed, they're vulnerable. So this is something that I learned really recently in, in the book. It's, it's, a, it's a new process that everybody's paying attention to called autophagy. And what autophagy is, is basically cellular house cleaning. So to stay healthy, cells are constantly breaking down burned out mitochondria, used proteins, used parts of various kinds, breaking them down into the component amino acids and other uh, um, uh, components, cellular, organic molecules, and recycling those things and building new stuff out of them. But it turns out that part of the autophagy process, it's also the way that our cells eject intercellular microbes like Borrelia. So when cells are chronically stressed, they use more energy, they start getting stressed, the autophagy breaks down, so the cells lose that cellular house cleaning, so, uh, so bad proteins start collecting inside the cell, the cell doesn't work as well. So you know, that's where fit symptoms like fatigue come from. If you're fatigued, it means all the cells in your body are stressed. They're, they're getting weighted down with burned out parts that don't work, and they're vulnerable to microbes. And that's one of the big things that I learned in this book. It's not just your immune system. If your cells are stressed, they're more vulnerable to invasion by these intracellular microbes. So cellular health is just so remarkably important. And restoring cellular health is remarkably important because that's, that's, just, that's just a key to the whole thing. So I recognize that, you know, you know ten, five years ago, I would have said, you know, well, it's all about keeping your immune system healthy. Well, your immune system is really important. And that is what is protecting you, especially during that initial invasion. But cellular health and the ability of cells to expel microbes is really important. And when cells get stressed, they can't do that. They get more vulnerable to invasion. And, and so that's the whole thing. So when I started researching how herbal phytochemistry, this complex defense system of the herbs, affects our cells, I found studies that they had documented that herbs and here I'm talking about general herbs like ginger, turmeric, um, some of my favorites, Japanese knotweed, things that are in that restore kit. There are so many of them were featured in um, so many of the studies that I looked at. These, these things not only suppress microbes, but counteract every single stress factor that can stress our cells. So a big part of the herbs, of what herbs are doing 
that drugs can't do, that antibiotics can't do, is they protect cells and reduce cellular stress so that cells can start regenerating and repairing internal damage, that they can enhance that autophagy process. There is nothing on earth that will do that like herbs. There are no drugs that can come close. And I found that to be just fascinating. Um, so the book has been, you know, it's been an adventure. It was a three-year process um, because there was just so much there and distilling it down into a readable content. Um, but it was, um, yeah, so there's a lot in there. I can tell you, Dr. Rolls, it is very readable. And I mean, in fact, I'm, I told Rick last night and read him a couple of, you know, to get him a little jealous because he didn't get his copy yet, just to give him a little FOMO and, and it worked. All right. All right. I, I, will, I will send you, I've, I've got one extra copy. I'll send you one, Rich. I'll get it in the mail today. So, uh, but, but what I find really interesting about this book is there are so many things that we don't know about decisions we're making regarding our health that can have an unknown consequence that actually help, prevents us from healing in a positive direction, right? So you talk about antibiotics can possibly allow microbes from your gut because antibiotics cause gut dysbiosis or problems with the gut. These microbes can leak into our bloodstream and even go to our brain and our teeth, right? I find that really interesting that if we're treating with antibiotics, a consequence of that can mean maybe a higher likelihood of having pathogens in your brain and your blood. So, you know, talk to us about that if you can, Dr. Rolls, about the role antibiotics play in affecting your gut and how that can contribute to neurological symptoms and more systemic symptoms from Lyme disease. Yeah, it sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? Um, I think everybody out there uh, recognizes the, uh, what leaky gut is. And what I came to appreciate is that leak goes both ways. So there was a study in 2015 that demonstrated that when you have dysbiosis, that disruption of the gut, whether it's antibiotics, bad diet, whatever the cause, um, bacteria, pathogens from the gut readily cross across the intestinal blood barrier into the bloodstream. And this study documented that these, these different kinds of bacteria were invading red blood cells and catching a ride to different tissues throughout the body. Because inside a white blood cell or red blood cell, they can get across the blood-brain barrier right into the brain. And then there were other studies um, that have found that we actually all do have microbes in the brain, bacteria in the brain, and they are sourced to the gut, the sinuses, the skin, they get in. And so, yeah, you know, I... If you had asked me 20 years ago, I would have said, yeah, our bloodstream and tissues are, are sterile. There are, no, there are no microbes that live there. If you've got that, you're, you know, you've got an infection. Um, it turns out that our insides are more like a freeway. Uh, that microbes are constantly coming and going in very low concentrations, in healthy people, in everyone. So this whole thing is quite a bit more complicated than I think most people are recognizing. And I think I'm just uh, scratching the surface and, and hopefully, you know, bringing out some recognition to these things so our, our, our medical establishment will start taking a look at this very, very different perspective of what chronic illness is. Well, Dr. Rolls, I can share with you that I've taken 
much of your literature that you share, your webinars, your blog posts, et cetera, and bring them to my neurologist, who's a Western doctor, who's very much open to this and is supportive of everything I'm doing. And he's learning and you know, helping other people because of the work you're doing. So I just want to really recognize. Well, that's, that's great. That's always great to hear. I do want to share that, you know, I think most people that are watching and that are going to be listening to this podcast when it comes out in, in a few weeks have been on antibiotics. And I think everybody would benefit from, you have another kit besides the Restore Kit that I absolutely love and Rich is on as well. And it's your gut revival kit, right? It's got the gut balance. It's got the active enzymes and the chlorella. And that really will help heal your gut dysbiosis. It'll help heal your gut. And I know Danny yeah. is on and she, she said she forgot to ask a question about GI health and Lyme disease. And I think you kind of touch on this, that Lyme disease will impact our gut health. It'll give us leaky gut. It can cause neurological symptoms and really have this sort of double whammy effect. So I recommend everybody go to your website. We have the link in our bio as well. The link's on our website, tickbootcamp.com, to look at your restore kit and your, your gut revival kit, because that can help repair the damage to your gut and really allow you to have a positive benefit. And a side note here, Dr. Rolls, because you know there's no, there's no such thing as TMI in the Lyme world. So I love your pure chlorella, right? I absolutely oh. <laughs> And I was able to get pretty quickly up to the 30 capsules. And Rich, on the other hand, and we've asked several other doctors this question. We asked Dr. Jess and we asked Dr. Casey Kelly. We got two different answers. I'm curious what you're going to say about this as a creator and, you know, of this product. Rich has a very hard time handling chlorella. With just a few capsules, it really caused him some severe GI distress where he was, you know, to be blunt about it, tied to the bathroom, right? And he hasn't been able to really go beyond that. So what are your thoughts on people who are really sensitive and know they have gut issues, probably like Rich, but they can't really tolerate even one capsule of chlorella? You know, what are your thoughts on why that's happening and how they could overcome that to really repair their gut damage as a consequence of, you know, over antibiotics or maybe some other reason? Sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, everybody is an individual. There's no doubt about it. And the Restore Kit, the products and programs that we do are meant to be a starting place and saying, you know, something that people can build on, recognizing that, you know, there are going to be uh, people at both ends of the spectrum that don't tolerate something one way or another. Um, a few people um, are just sensitive to chlorella. The way they absorb it, it tends to uh, increase GI motility pretty significantly, uh, which can be a good thing. You know, most people are running really slowly, and that's what GI problems, or the, that's the root of a lot of the GI problems. But sometimes it speeds it up too much and yeah it's um in those cases i would say yeah that's probably a product that's not ideal you know i mean we all find something that just doesn't like us as much as we would like to like it um but um but you know, there, there are other things that i think can really promote that uh, i i take the gut balance pretty regularly myself and it uh, it has the slippery elm, which is it contains mucilage, which basically subs in for a mucus barrier. And I've come to the conclusion, yeah, we all could really use that. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, we just we have in our foods and our diet. There's just so much uh, challenge there that uh, that extra protection is good. It also contains berberine, um, which is really nice for. Uh, uh, killing uh, candida uh, without killing other more favorable yeast and some of the other pathogens in the gut. 
Um, but berberine, interestingly, has some anti-diabetic properties too, which are really nice. So if you're taking it regularly, it actually can benefit your blood sugar, which we all need a bit of too. And then dandelion is a really nice liver protectant. Um, and protecting your liver, man, is that important for all of us in this modern time. Dr. Oz, I, Matt has pointed out the part of the kit that I'm not taking that has caused me to be a little too regular. Uh, but the rest of the kit has been fantastic. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to share with uh, the community is that it's actually helped to mellow me out emotionally. I mean, the two tools that you've, uh, you've shared with me that I'm using regularly now, in addition to the, you know, the, the gut uh, rebuild kit, is the HPA balance. And th those two together have made me unbelievably even-tempered and mellow and less anxious. So can you talk about how those two tools were built by you and how they aren't only helping us um, physically, but also helping us emotionally? Yeah. Um, the HPA balance is actually the first product that I ever formulated. And um, I was using combinations of different herbs. I was using a, um, uh, a product called Relora, which is a magnolia and philodendron species that have some effects on uh, the hypothalamus and have a calming effect. Ashwagandha, but I had taken ashwagandha and didn't get much of it. And then we went to the sensorel uh, extract, which is like 10 times more potent. And that was highly beneficial. Um, but that's very slightly stimulating. So just to uh, uh, get a balance, I, I found that theanine was really nice. So theanine is an amino acid that you get from green tea. Um, and it has the effect of competing with excitatory neurotransmitters in the brain. So it doesn't have a direct calming effect. It, it more is a neutralizing effect just to balance you out and so that it reduces the, the overstimulation that we get from just life. Um, and that balance of those ingredients are just really turned out to be wonderful. Um, and one of the first patients I had that tried it, um, that particular combination, before it was an, even a product, said, you know, I, uh, I was taking Prozac, um, and I just pretty quickly found I didn't need the Prozac anymore. And But, but she said, and I'll never forget it, she said the Prozac – you know, it it got rid of the symptoms, but the, when I started taking the herbs, I felt like me again. I just felt like normal me. There weren't any drug effects that I was getting before. And, and that's exactly what we're trying to achieve with herbs. And that's the real value is sometimes they're not as potent as a drug, but the herbs have this protective effect on our cells. So when we're protecting our brain cells and all the other cells in our body um, and balancing, you know, hormones and chemical pathways in the body, things function better. And you feel better because you are better, because your cells are better. So it's, it's not a cover-up like a drug. It, it is promoting true health and wellness, which is exactly where we want to go. But just a little bit more on that thing, you know, in chronic Lyme disease, um, it, you know, I was this way, um, 
uh, anxiety, anger, depression. I mean, there were a lot of things going on. So just thinking about that from a cellular point of view. So you've got these microbes that are invading your tissues and invading cells throughout your body, your brain, your heart, your muscles, everywhere, and stressing cells, but also the immune system's reaction to the presence of the microbes, which, you know, that the low-grade autoimmune effect attacking our own tissues may be just as bad. So we've got cells throughout the body that are being stressed chronically all the time, vigorously. All of those cells are continually sending in distress signals to the brain all at once from everywhere in the body. So your brain is just overloaded with distress signals from all of the rest of your body. So how could you not be anxious and depressed and have a hard time sleeping, you know? <laughs> so, so when you start counteracting that with your herbs and start that healing process, really cool things start to happen. But it takes time. Healing always takes time. And I think that's where people lose patience that, um, it, it, you know, it's not months, it's years and years. And, but you get your life back. And, you know, I've been um, enjoying in a high level of health for, for a decade now. And it's just really been extraordinary. So Dr. Rowe, I just want to address some of the comments coming in. So Danny mentioned that she was sensitive to chlorella as well and has some GI distress. And I just want to emphasize, Danny, that Rich, although he can take the chlorella, has had a great response to the gut balance. And that seems to be much more gentle. So I'd recommend trying the gut balance, which even for me was really, yeah. really Dr. Rose, I had a lot of food sensitivities as well. And your active enzymes along with the gut balance, again, no reaction other than just feeling better, being more regular with my bowel movements. So many of my food sensitivities have subsided. And... I want to share with everybody that after six months of being on the restore kit, my autoimmunity levels, my ANA levels specifically were 580. They dropped down to 80 within, I think, the first three months of being on the restore kit, which for me, I couldn't get them below 500 for years. So that's how powerful the restore kit is. And also I get tested for allergies every year and my allergic reaction to a wide variety of environmental factors and food dropped in half. And some of them even disappeared that are just completely gone. And this is a really rough time of year for allergies. And I just am amazed at how I can walk outside. And, and even when I was healthy before, yeah. my allergies are just so much better because of the restore kit. And I believe the gut, you know, the gut, the, the gut restore kit. And so all of these things are not only going to help you with your chronic Lyme, but your allergies, your full body cellular health. And I want to emphasize that. So another question was, what does HPA stand for? And I think it's the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, Dr. Rolls. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. You have a little part of your brain called the hypothalamus that is about the size of walnut right at the base of your brain. And it's, and it's, and it's part of the primitive brain, the reactive part of your brain that governs all of your automatic responses. Um, so the brain, your, your thinking brain is, is, you know, taking in the five senses and looking around and, you know, gauging threats and gauging how to go about life. And it sends messages to the hypothalamus that basically uh, regulates everything, temperature, hunger, all of these things in, in reaction. And it works through the pituitary. So it's like, um, so the, the, the hypothalamus, 
processes this information that's coming back from feedback and processes information, and it hands down instructions to the pituitary, and the pituitary sends out instructions to the autonomic nervous system and the adrenal glands and the uh, testes, ovaries, and, and uh, the thyroid gland, and regulates all those cellular functions in the body. But it's all about cells. You know, it's all about keeping cells in, in, in working well. So we don't think about that. But what hormones are doing, what hormones, neurotransmitters, all of these things are doing is coordinating cellular functions. Because if your cells can't work together, then they can't, they, they can't help each other. So that's why it's so important to have balanced hormones. And so the herbs are also helping with that side of things. So a lot of our herbs like ashwagandha, we know um, send messages to the hypothalamus to calm that bad feedback that we're getting to from stress cells or an overactive stress response. They calm that so the hypothalamus uh, from you know there down is affecting the adrenal glands and thyroid and all of our, our other functions in the body to regulate things to calm those cellular functions down so take some of the stress out of the distress and I love in your book you share that there are between 20 and 40 trillion cells in the human body depending how old you are and that there are over 200 different types of cells, all of which are responsible for different things and all work together collectively to maintain this normal state of health. And if one set is off balance, it can throw another set off balance and causes a ripple effect of problems in the body, which result in symptoms, right? But from a, a cellular standpoint, something I learned from your book as well that I think is just fascinating is we hear from people all the time, I'm taking antibiotics and I'm not getting better, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with when you're taking antibiotics, you're killing off bacteria, you have these endotoxins that are being result, you know, body from killing off the bacteria and your liver may not be able to process it. So you mentioned that 25% of the population has non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And you mentioned that, you know, when you actually were looking at livers, when you were in your medical career, young people had these really vibrant red livers, which meant that they were able to detox, remove toxins from the body, which include die off of Lyme bacteria and other toxins like heavy metals, mycotoxins from mold, et cetera. But when you look at people that are older, you're now seeing livers that are more white and more sluggish. But those cells, I believe, can be rejuvenated or, or really regenerated by certain herbal substances like milk thistle, right? So can you talk to us about, Dr. Rolls, the role the liver plays in helping your body heal and purge toxins and how people can reverse the damage that has been done to their livers over time to have a healthier liver and be able to detox more cleanly than they ever, ever could before? Right. Yeah. So we get a lot of substances in our bodies that are foreign to us, um, organic chemicals, basically petrochemicals that are so prevalent in the world today. You know, plastics, pesticides, auto fumes, and we pick up low levels of it. So humans are exposed to higher levels of organic toxins than ever before in human history. And we can process those things. So, you know, our cells, they circulate through our body. They get stuck in our cell membranes and our cells can purge them and, and, the two, and get rid of them. They go to the bloodstream and they're processed in the liver. So the liver cells neutralize the toxins 
and make them water soluble so they can pass through out through our intestinal tract through bile or through the urinary tract but the the liver is that essential step in detoxification neutralizing toxins is some toxic business so the liver cells get hit harder than any cells in the body and so we burn out liver cells regularly Um, Fortunately, we can regenerate liver cells, but what happens to most people is you're burning out liver cells faster than your ability to regenerate liver cells. And when you you lose liver cells in the liver, you, you replace them with fat cells. So someone in their 50s, an average person in America, if you look at their liver, it was it's kind of a mottled yellow color from all the the fatty tissue that has uh, uh, been replaced in the liver as you lose liver cells you lose the ability to get toxins out of your body and you also lose the ability to manage things like blood sugar and cholesterol so People that, you know, we, everybody knows, you know, the medical profession is like, well, yeah, you get older and your cholesterol goes up and we're going to put you on these drugs to hold it down. And none of them ask, well, why does it go up? It wasn't like that when I was 20 or 30. Why is it that way when I'm 40 and 50? And the answer is because you don't have enough liver cells to process it properly anymore. So it just uh, collects in your system. So the liver is important for a lot of things. Interestingly, and I find this to be just fascinating, they've done studies on herbs like milk thistle and dandelion and found that they protect liver cells to the degree that it actually uh, allows regeneration of liver cells in excess of what is being lost. So your liver actually gets better. And one thing that I found fascinating about six months ago, um, I, you know, I hadn't checked my cholesterol in a long time. Um, I had great cholesterol in my 30s, and, but it was starting to go up along with my blood sugar in my 40s. And uh, then Lyme disease came along. I started taking the herbs um, and it got better. It kind of leveled off. Um, and I just didn't worry about it anymore. You know, my blood pressure went down, my blood sugar went down, my, my, my cholesterol stabilized out, but I had it done about six months ago. I'm 64 now, um, and it was actually the best it's ever been my whole life. And I've been taking milk thistle for 15 years. So it's, um, yeah, it's amazing what you can get back, um, really. All of these herbs are in your restore kit, which is I was having a conversation earlier today with the friend Margo, and I was just sharing how the restore kit is not only an antimicrobial and anti- you know microbial protocol, but it's restorative, right? I mean that's why you absolutely mentioned plus mitochondrial support, advanced biotic, adaptogen recovery. You address the nervous system, you address the pathogens, you address the cellular health of the mitochondrial bottle, you address all of your deficiencies with vitamins and herbs with the advanced biotic bottle. And, you know, there's a couple of questions coming about diet, Dr. Roll. So I know we're getting tight on time, but I want to just follow up with this question because the first part of this question is, what are some dietary changes people can make to address non-alcoholic uh, fatty liver disease? But even beyond that, I mean, something fascinating from your book that if you can touch on after that question is, you talk about the role of carbs and eating carbs and detoxing, right? So the effect carbohydrates have on the body 
and how they can affect your joints as well and your collagen blew me away and how it can be a double whammy eating a high carb diet and affecting your collagen health, which Lyme also affects and having some other adverse you know, consequences from having a high carb diet. But you can address both those, Dr. Rolls, the diet for the fatty liver disease and also the role carbs play in, in really amplifying the effects of Lyme disease. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the carbs. I mean, it, it's, um, it's a battle we all fight. Our brain tells us we need carbs. We just could, you know, we could all, we could gorge on donuts and lattes and we could just immerse ourselves and do nothing but that because that's what, what our brain tells us that we want, that we need. And the question is, why? If it's so bad for us, why does our brain tell us to that, that we just have to have it. And the answer is that it's not part of our ancestral diet. So if you look at our food plants, they've actually been cultivated. All of our food plants have been cultivated to produce more higher concentrations of carbohydrates, just to grains, which are almost carbohydrates, and we process those grains to be nothing but carbohydrate. If you look at the ancient forage food diet, it hardly had any carbohydrate in it. They were eating wild plants and they were getting roots and getting as much carbohydrate as they could, but they weren't getting much. So as a result, our cells are really designed to run lean. But back then there was a lot more sort of threat of starvation so your chore, your job every day was to go out and get enough calories to survive. And that was hard work. Um, so you definitely sought out any kind of carbohydrate sources. So if you came upon a bush of wild berries or uh, a hive of honey, you gorged on it because it might not be there tomorrow. So that that message, that trait drive is burned into our brain that when we see calories that are readily available, we should eat them immediately. And we all fight with that. So, you know, as we have gone through time, we've cultivated our foods toward high carbohydrate and then grain and bean production really has ramped up the carbohydrate to a higher level than humans have ever been exposed to in our current foods. Carbohydrates when you look at what a carbohydrate is, we're talking about starches and sugar, and those break down to simple sugar. The big one is glucose. Um, you might also recognize fructose, which is fruit sugar. All of your fructose is immediately converted by the liver into glucose. So, you know, we're talking really about from starches and sugar, we're talking about glucose. Glucose is an high energy molecule. It's packed with energy. Um, so plants use the energy of the sun to build energy into these high energy molecules with high energy reactive chemical structures um, so that it's, uh, it's, it's an energy currency that can be traded around. So it's energy from the sun that we can trade from, from organism to organism. Um, so carbohydrates are the best energy conserve, uh, uh, currency. Fats are also right there, but carbohydrates are good for that fast burn, and we all need a little bit, just not much. So if you eat more carbohydrate, more glucose than your body needs, 
then you've got all these reactive glucose molecules floating around in your system. And they're so reactive, they have this nasty habit of sticking to proteins. So they stick to all the proteins in your body. Every protein, they stick to proteins inside your cells, on your collagen that holds you together. All the proteins in your body get glucose stuck to them. And it basically, um, it it, for collagen, I call them collagen crunchers because they basically cause the collagen to collapse and weaken um, in our cells. They cause cells to just, it's like, um, you know, it's like pouring molasses into machinery. It's just going to gum everything up that it's not going to work as well. So too much glucose is a really bad thing. Um, so it's, uh, you know, even if you're not a diabetic, doing too much of it is really bad for us. And we all just have to continually try to ratchet that down, which is hard. Um, what I consider a healthy diet, I've, you know, I've, I've tried to make it simple and I've tried to really get it down to just some basic principles. And my number one principle is eat whole foods. Um, because if you're eating whole foods, you're eating foods made of cells, right? So an apple is made of cells. A banana is made of cells. A piece of salmon is made of cells. A piece of broccoli is made of cells. So it doesn't have just the carbohydrates and the fat. It's got all the other cellular components, which are the vitamins and, and, the, and all the other things that your cells need to function. So whole foods are really important. Second to that, and this is the hard one for most people, um, eat more vegetables than anything else. And I try to do that every day. It's not always easy. Stick of broccoli isn't very tasty, but hey, you combine it with other kinds of foods and flavors and you can make vegetables good. It's like, you know, when I make a smoothie in the morning, it's got blueberries and a little banana, but it's also got cucumber and carrot and and lettuce and other kinds of vegetables. I hit try to hit that 50% mark. Um, so at the end of the day, I try to at least have ha eaten half of my food as vegetables. Um, and then the other is just kind of divide everything else up equally. Um, so it's okay to have some fruit. It's okay to have some beans and grain and maybe even a piece of bread every now and then if you tolerate it and some nuts, but just kind of divide it out try to go with a whole food. Um, so whole foods automatically cuts down or eliminates flour. So what flour is, is pure raw carbohydrate that's been extracted from seeds. That's not a whole food. Um, whole grains, yeah, if it's a flour, I don't really consider it a whole grain, a whole food. Um, so it's, and, you know, so, and really try to minimize those processed foods. But if you're doing that, you know, you could swing it so that you were eating meat or not eating meat or kind of however you wanted to do it. But if you're following those rules, you're probably going to be okay, no matter what diet trend you want to follow. Dr. Will, I just want to say, uh, Dr. our good friend, Dr. Eisen is asking if this is recorded because there's so much great content here. This is going to be taken down shortly after this live, but it's going to be launching as a podcast episode on the Tick Bootcamp podcast on uh, Saturday, June 25th. So this just for everybody cool. to be on the lookout for that. And we just, I know we're, we're running over some time here, but I want to get into some community questions. Rich is going to follow up after this with community questions that were submitted. We received many through your account and our account in advance of this interview. But uh, Lucy asked a question, Dr. Rose, that I wanted to address, which was she's super sensitive. 
to to foods and to every with, with empty syndrome, what's a, a good approach to take in that regard? And for me, I started your restore kit very gently. And honestly, I, I opened up the first herbal capsule and put half on my tongue. And I slowly built up to the full dose. Now I'm on the full dose. Now I'm on your full gut revival kit. Now I'm on your HPA balance. And I'm feeling greater than ever. But it was a slow and steady progression to build my body tolerate that. And then my, my inflammation, my, my reactions, right? They all decreased over time as I was able to build up on the herbal protocol. So is that something that you'd recommend for people that are extremely sensitive and struggling with MCAS and sensitivities that want to try your product, but are afraid of having some sort of reaction, whether it's MCAS or a major Herxheimer reaction? Yeah. You know, that's, um, that's one of the things we try to do with the program. So first of all, the email series, the automatic information that everyone gets, addresses a lot of that. But our customer service team are not just service, you know, your, your, your regular uh, uh, person at the end of the telephone line, which a lot of companies don't even have anymore. They really know this kit and they know how to answer questions. They know how to guide people. And they, you know, I've given them very explicit instructions, you know, if for some reason, we can't help uh, someone with our products give them guidelines for things that they can get somewhere else that do work. Um, so most people can gradually build up to things, but uh, you know, occasionally we have someone that is so sensitive uh, with mast cell activation syndrome that they just react to everything. And in those cases, we generally guide them to uh, get small bottles of tinctures of each one of the different herbs and try them slowly and individually. And what I found is everybody can find a few things they can take, and that gets your foot in the door. And this can be a long, laborious process over months and years. But, you know, if you can find a few things that start uh, affecting cellular health, moderating uh, cellular function, suppressing the enzymes, just a few things, then that starts to normalize the things, that starts to back down on the uh, mast cell activation and then you can start doing some more things and some more things and some more things. Um, but over time, you know, most everybody can find a few things that they can like, that they can use and gradually work from there. So Dr. Rawls, one of the other tools that I'm using um, that you've shared with me actually after I did a consult with you was krill oil. Uh, and, and that's been a great tool as well. So can you talk about the krill oil product that you offer and uh, what impact that's been having for folks in the community? Um, krill oil, uh, you know, it, I researched omega-3 fatty acids for years and really dug into that very deeply, but was also looking for something that was sustainable. And, you know, when you look at the different sources of omega-3s, there's salmon, well, that's, you know, that's, that's not sustainable in the level of if everybody's taking a fish oil. Um, better than that, the smaller the fish, the more sustainable. So when you go to anchovies and sardines, that's more sustainable. There's some nice products out there. But then I happened upon krill, and that really changed how I was looking at it once I started researching it. So fish oil is a triglyceride, um, which is harder to absorb and harder to assimilate. 
Um, krill oil is a phospholipid. So it's the same omega-3s, just in a different form of fat. And it happens to be the, the form of fat that we readily absorb and readily uh, incorporate into our cell membranes. It's already in the form that we use. So, it's, uh, so you don't have to take as much of it. Um, krill has the added benefit of having astaxanthin, that pink color um, that you see in shrimp and salmon. Um, the astaxanthin is a very potent antioxidant that, that is, uh, is really a wonderful cell protectant. Um, it comes from algae. You know, it comes from uh, fish e eating algae and other creatures. Flamingos are pink because of what they eat, of the, because they eat uh, shrimp that have consumed the algae with the astaxanthin, and they've got it in their tissues, which is really interesting. So if you take a flamingo and take it away from its natural food source, it will gradually turn white. Um, yeah, so, it's, uh, so these things get out there in nature, and they have some really wonderful protective effects. Um, so you don't need as much of it. It's easier to absorb. You've got this extra protection from the astaxanthin, but it's also sustainable. So the company that we started working with um, uh, harvests out of the Antarctic Ocean, and they have environmental spotters on their boats. They do. Uh, they work with th uh, several third parties just to define what they're doing as sustainable and isn't going to harm the ecosystem. And the third parties have estimated that at their peak production, um, they will affect less than 1% of the Antarctic krill supply, which is not enough to affect the ecosystem. So I've always felt a little bit better about krill just from that point of view. Um, that may change over time. If it does, we'll start looking for another source. But... Um, but there are a lot of reasons why krill is a superior, and it doesn't take much. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I've, I've always used myself as a guinea pig, and I was curious, well, how much does it take to thin your blood? Maybe a little bit too much. Um, and so I gradually worked up to capsules, and, you know, you just kind of get little cuts and scratches. I know I do because I'm always outside working on something or doing something. And at six capsules, I was starting to bleed a little bit easily and back down um, and found that my real sweet spot was only about two or three capsules of the 500 milligrams, which is small capsules. That's enough to thin your blood and provide all the benefits. My wife, um, she has naturally thin blood and she only takes one capsule to get all those cardiovascular benefits. So you just don't need much of it. Um, and that's the really nice thing about krill is it doesn't take a lot to get all the protective cardiovascular benefits, uh, the benefits and tissues for reducing inflammation and all the things that we're looking for. Dr. Olds, as we wind down, I'd like to uh, ask a couple of questions from the community that can all. And uh, F underscore Shaw 92 asks, my doctor told me I don't have Lyme or fibro. Can herbs still help? 
you know, in my book, Fibromyalgia and Chronic Lyme Disease, the only difference is the person with chronic Lyme disease has figured out some way to get a positive test for Borrelia. And that's about all the difference. So does that mean that there are people with fibromyalgia that, that does that mean that all people with fibromyalgia are carrying Borrelia? Not necessarily, but you know, I've defined at least a list of 100 different microbes that can cause Lyme disease-like symptoms. So it's not just Borrelia. There are a lot of things out there that can cause these same kinds of chronic symptoms. And, you know, you look at symptoms of fibromyalgia and chronic Lyme disease, and they overlap almost exactly. So to me, it's the same thing. And yes, it's being driven by these intracellular microbes. There's just no doubt about it. And our capacity to test for these things is just not good. Um, so it's smarter to assume that they're there. So yes, people with fibromyalgia respond just like people with chronic Lyme disease. So Dr. Ross, for the last question I'm gonna ask uh, uh, from wandering underscore humans, is Lyme carditis, uh, she says, second degree AV block for two years reversible? I uh, was in my case. That was one of my primary symptoms. I was having PVCs, premature ventricular contractions, every second to third beat, and my heart had uh, dropped down below 60, and I was having continual chest pain, and I went to the cardiologist, and they did a cardiac cath and said, your coronary vessels are clean, which is basically you know what they look for. Um, and said, you know, we don't really know what's going on in your heart. Uh, here's some drugs to try. You might need a pacemaker at one, some point. Can't help you. Um, that's when I got pretty fed up with a medical establishment and decided I was going to manage things myself no matter what the outcome was going to be. And it wasn't long after that that I started the herbal therapy. And gradually got better. It took me about three to five years to complete, completely reverse all the cardiac symptoms. And I don't have much doubt that I have some damage there in the heart, but, um, but my heart's working. I don't have skip beats. I don't have chest pain. And that's been a decade ago. So about two hours before this uh, broadcast, I went out and went kite surfing, which is quite vigorous for an, over an hour in the ocean at age 64. So yeah, you can get over that. And yeah, the herbs can do that. That does not a substitute for an evaluation though. So I think it's really important because there are a lot of things that can go on to the, in the heart not to just back off and say, well, they're not going to help me. The herbs are, are the only solution. I don't need to be evaluated. You do. Um, you need to go through all of the evaluations, the treadmills and, and uh, EKGs and, and even cardiac cath if they, if they feel like that that's necessary and do everything that they can do to make sure that there isn't something else other than the potential Lyme disease. And then if you don't find anything, um, or while you're doing it, go on the herbs, because there's a pretty good chance that that's going to help you. Dr. Rawls, as we wind down, can you please uh, share with folks when your book, 
your book is going to be available, your new book, and uh, where folks will be able to uh, get the book when it is available. Um, so we will have information uh, posted. It's, it's, there's not much there right now, but there is a wealth website called Cellular Wellness uh, that's going to be about the book. And our current date, uh, if we can get all the little pieces together, is June 21st that it will be available on Amazon. Um, it will be available other places too, but Amazon it, you know, that's that's the big elephant in the room. And so that's where it will mostly be. And uh, uh, so that's that that's where to get it. Um, but and again, it, it, this isn't a sequel to Unlocking Lime. I, you know, I want people to know this. This was this is more oriented toward a general audience. Um, this is an everybody book. This is stuff that every person in America really needs to know. Um, and that includes the medical establishment really needs to know this stuff. Um, and it is highly referenced with studies. Um, this book has, uh, I think, about 70 pages of, of uh, scientific studies that I referenced to document. So everything that I said in, the, in this book is ironclad. Um, it has multiple references to back up absolutely everything that I said. Um, so it's coming. I'm excited about it. It was a three-year project getting it here, um, taking all of that scientific information and distilling it down to something readable was the task. Um, so, Matt, I'm, I'm very pleased that you found it to be readable. There was a lot of effort that went into that. But I think everybody can find something in there. Um, and it is going to change how you think about any kind of chronic illness and wellness. Dr. Ola, I just want to share that. I mean, I, I skipped ahead and I definitely, you know, was reading the end and the, the appendix. But your Appendix B, your extended herbal safety spectrum reference list was so helpful for me personally. And I just want to awesome. well, you know, highlighted different herbs if they're everyday herbs, if they have to be used, you know, cycled, if they're, if they're risky, if they can be, you know, high risk herbs. And, you know, the one thing I wanted to ask you, I know, and before Rich concludes this with you is one of the questions we get so often, and I wish I had when I had, um, when I was sick several weeks ago with likely COVID, what is the dosing you recommend of the restore kit when somebody's sick? I know you've mentioned several times, Dr. Rolls, that when you're sick, you will take an increased dosage of the restore kit and that helps yeah. you down much more quickly. What is a safe increase of the restore kit when dealing with COVID, the flu, or just some sort of general sickness that somebody has? Should they take the, the, the you know the kit three times a day rather than twice a day, four times a day? You know, what's your recommendation there for people who want that little quicker tip to help get out of COVID more quickly? Yeah, well, th there are a lot of herbs that you can use for acute viral illnesses, and that was one one of the really remarkable things. So. When COVID first came along, um, way back December 2020 or 2019, just, you know, when we were first hearing about it in the very beginning, uh, we didn't have anything, you know, and, and Fauci said, hey, there's this terrible virus. We have nothing. We have no drugs. We have no vaccines. Good luck. Um, yeah, the first thing I did was start researching herbs. And interestingly, for the previous SARS epidemics that occurred back in the early 2000s, 
a lot of people had looked at those viruses and how herbs might affect them. And what they found was really interesting that many herbs have antiviral properties, but it's not one thing. It's a whole spectrum of different things. It's like um, the current drug out there for COVID uh, affects, inhibits an enzyme called RNA polymerase that the virus needs to reproduce. The drug works fair at best, and it only does that one thing. So interestingly, I remembered that when I was researching the herbs, all the herbs had RNA polymerase inhibitors in them, but they also inhibited penetration of the virus into the cell and, and the ability of the, the, the cell to, to be taken over by the virus. So they were hitting the virus at like a half dozen different directions and different herbs were having slightly different properties. So here you've got these things that already work and it was really frustrating because nobody was talking about it. You know, it was like, we have these studies, they show that they have a low potential for harm and, and at least some benefit, potential for benefit. No, we don't want anybody hearing about that. And it's like, that was crazy. Um, so, I, you know, I, so I had my little kits and was ready, but interestingly, um, many of the herbs in the restore kit were featured on the list, kept popping up, Japanese knotweed, Chinese skullcap. Um, so many of the herbs, andrographis, started popping up on these same list. And it was like, wow, <laughs> we've already got things in the restore kit that do a really nice job. Um, so typically, um, I avoided it for a long time. I finally got the Omicron variant of COVID. It caught up with me. I, I'd been vaccinated one time. I was a little hesitant. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I had a reaction when I was dealing with Lyme to a flu vaccine. So I was a little reticent. You know, it's kind of like either way, it's it's not good. Um, did the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, had no reaction to it, but never got a booster. Um, finally, COVID caught up to me over the holidays this past year. And, you know, and, and I found out because I was spending time with my brother who called me up and said, well, if you have any symptoms, you probably got to COVID. I just tested positive. So found out that I had it. What I do, whether it's, uh, you know, any kind of viral thing, I start taking double doses of advanced biotic every six to 12 hours and, and adaptogen recovery. And you can take the other things too, because it's like glutathione has some really nice antiviral, antiviral properties, NAC. So you can take uh, normal or double doses of the mitochondrial support. Um, the vitamins don't hurt either, but especially the advanced biotic adaptogen recovery, I'll typically take double doses. And I'll take gut balance to protect my stomach while I'm doing it um, to get that extra protection. Um, but I also, something's really good for your stomach, has wonderful antiviral properties. I bruise a really big pot of very strong ginger tea. I get like a hand-sized piece of ginger clean it off really well, run it in a food processor, put it in a couple of cups of water, simmer it, 
And you can, you know, you can put a little stevia or honey in there to sweeten it if you want to. And I'll just drink that all through the day, either hot or cold. And it's really great for your stomach. There's nothing that settles your stomach like strong ginger tea, but it has potent antiviral properties. And I'll typically do a buffered vitamin C like ester C, like a thousand milligrams um, about every couple of hours. Uh, for, you know, up to like 6,000 milligrams a day. Um, and that was influenced by a study I read a long time ago that I found just to be fascinating. Humans don't make vitamin C. Humans and primates are the only creatures on earth that don't make vitamin C. Um, rats make vitamin C, dogs make vitamin C, everything makes vitamin C except us. And it's probably because it was so prevalent in their ancestral diets, we just gave up the ability to make it. But they did a study with rats, and they wanted to see how much vitamin C they produce when they get stressed. So they took a rat and put it in a cage, and it wasn't stressed. It was just hanging out, had plenty of food, hanging out, doing nothing. And they tested its vitamin C and found out that it was making uh, the equivalent of us taking about 500 milligrams of vitamin C just in a normal, non-stressed state. So then they really stressed the heck out of the rat, just stressed it like crazy. And then they measured its vitamin C, and it ramped up the, uh, its vitamin C production to the equivalent of us taking 21,000 milligrams of vitamin C in a day. So what that says is when our cells are stressed, we need those nutrients. We use a lot more. You know, Cells are a lot more active. The immune system is a lot more active, and we're burning a lot of it up. Um, so taking extra vitamin C... Um, during the time of a viral, an acute viral illness, I think makes a lot of sense. Well, Dr. Rawls, we could keep you all night, but we're not going to do that for <laughs> half hour longer than we had promised you. But thank you so much. It's always much fun. Spending time with us and in our community. And thank you all, folks, for joining us. And remember, this will be a podcast. Matt did announce the date of the podcast. So uh, June, although, I'm sorry, Matt. June 25th. June 25th, you'll, be, you'll have an opportunity to uh, download this. Cool. Last year, when we, uh, when we had uh, a, an Instagram Live with Dr. Rawls, and we put it up as a podcast, there were probably about 50 people who had, who had been on the Instagram Live, but we had over 8,000 downloads when it became a podcast. Wow. We wow. That's a, great. A similar, um, uh, similar number of downloads. So again, thank you, Dr. Bill Rawls, for all that you do for the community. And thank you so much for joining us on the Tick Bootcamp uh, Instagram. Oh, it's a, it's a pleasure always. I'm always uh, glad anytime you guys send me an invitation. Thank you for listening to our special Tick Bootcamp interview with our mentor, Dr. Bill Rolls. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to buy Dr. Rolls' new book, The Cellular Wellness Solution, visit cellularwellness.com. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Rolls, visit rollsmd.com. Second, if you've enjoyed this episode of our Tick Bootcamp podcast, please share it with your friends on social media. Third, Tick Bootcamp has created a Tick Bite blueprint that has been inspired by the information that has been shared with us by past podcast guests. We urge you to visit our website at tickbootcamp.com slash bite to view the blueprint. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcasts, or Spotify to get your automatic episode updates of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on your podcast platform of choice. And finally, if you'd like to search our podcast library of almost 300 episodes for specific keywords, subscribe to our email list, or even share feedback with us, please visit our website at tickbootcamp.com. Thank you, as always, for listening.